Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Sasha. And I'm Caleb. This week, the Dash are crowned champions at Rio Tinto. There's some wild final days at England's top leagues. And Robin's goal isn't the only lewd thing in the bubble as we are gifted with a steamy gif. Talent with his mustache. Oh, lordy, lordy. Welcome to We Call It Soccer. If my voice sounds a little sultrier than usual, I've got a new mic. Uh, I also smoked 30 packs of cigarettes before we recorded tonight. Can confirm. Yeah. It's great. I want to go and shit myself so badly. I don't know if non-smokers realize that smoking can serve as a laxative. I, I, I don't know if either of you have smoked seriously in your lives, but I have oh, yeah. at one point. No. And yeah. I remember my French friend in college being like, I always like to have a cigarette in the morning because it makes me go poop. And I was like, that doesn't seem to be what happens. And starting the very next day, I started realizing, yes, it actually is a laxative. Um, very inconvenient, actually, at times. I'd always do the coffee and the cigarette in the morning. Like, I'd have my coffee ready. And so, like, I'd get hit double, right? It'd just be like, let's clean out the system. That's how you get all the alcohol from the night before out. There you go. You learned it here. First, and your folks. soul. Uh, Bad lessons I got in my 20s. Out, yeah. Let me ask you guys this week about how you clean out your system. No, let's not do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> instead, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite park to go hang out in in the Twin Cities? How about that? A very wholesome question for this week. Wow. Just south of Como, there's the soccer fields. And I'd love to walk over there and just watch people play. The they one... don't have the skill to play well anymore. <laughs> the one by the Animal Humane Society? Yes. Okay. Caleb, what's your favorite uh, park? The, huh? There's a park nearby, near my town home, called Lone Oak Park. It's one of soccer fields and a nice trail around it, so that one. I like Allianz Field. Fuck you guys. What? Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a little park on uh, the corner of uh, Summit as it gets to... Uh, is about to go down the hill into, Saint pa- into West, West 7th. And that is just a beautiful park. It's got the sculpture of an eagle that used to be on one of the skyscrapers in downtown St. Paul gorgeous place to hang out and it's um it's pretty popular so i can't say it's like ignored or anything but it's really nice so that's my favorite park all right well uh, other favorite things of mine are our patrons thank you to our patrons on patreon for being supporters caleb can you tell our patrons what they get for being patrons uh three dollars here you did access to our slack channel where we taught all a bunch of shit about our Listeners who don't subscribe to Patreon. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but along with that $3 tier, you get uh, access to the channel on our Slack of uh, pod questions. You ask, ask questions every week to the podcast. We'll answer them to the best of our abilities. Um, and then $5, you get a weekly extended extended uh, discussion that we do every, after the pod. This week is going to be about our Minnesota really the underrated team that everyone hates. Find out more later on Patreon. Then for a $10 tier, you get three monthly episodes, one from each of us on different topics, not soccer related at all, usually. Oh, well, so far. 
and then for a thousand dollars a month, Notch will be nice. We'll say it's nice things, nice things about Atlanta. So Frank DeBoer, if you want to get back in Atlanta's good races, this would be a good, time, good way to do that by giving us a thousand dollars a month. Even like Alan Pardew, anyone else who wants to get hired, you know, get one. Like you can go to Darren Eels and be like, "I got one bit of bad PR for your team, out of here." Who wouldn't want that, right? I mean, that's a it's a great deal, y'all. Uh, also, a great deal is y'all helping us propagate our ourselves to others. Tell your friends about this podcast. Tweet about it. Uh, post on Reddit about it. We, we like to have, have more people listen, more people interact with us, uh, and so we would appreciate your help as listeners to do that. But uh, on with the show, let us first move on to our first segment, Bad Guys. In this segment, we discuss American soccer's bad guys, the two top divisions, MLS and NWSL. And speaking of the NWSL, they had their semifinals and final of the NWSL Challenge Cup last week, where the Houston Dash in the first semifinal beat Portland Thorns 1 0. Yeah, and that was a complete surprise. I mean, but this is this apparently was a tournament full of surprises after the Thorns blow past Courage. Uh, they then get defeated by the Dash, all thanks to Rachel Daly, who's been on fire. She gets a great goal off a corner from Mewis. Uh, Schmidt. Heads it into the crossbar and Daly gets the rebound, finishes it up. It did hit Britt Ekstrom on the way in, but you know they got the win and they got it in Rio Tinto. Yes, these games being played in the quote-unquote big stadium, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, compared to the Mountain Stadium, and uh, yeah, so so very exciting. Uh, all I noticed with the difference in stadiums was that the banners they had printed for the stands didn't fit because the stands are much bigger. So. <laughs> I think it would have been actually cooler to play than the other one, but maybe the turf was better. I don't know. I agree with you. Dude, the mountain backdrop is is, is cool. I, I mean, I, I give Zion Bank a lot of crap, but I think I'm going to change that stance. I like it better now more than Rio Tinto. Right, right. I, I really think so as well. Another good opportunity in this game came from Michelle Prince, who put the ball slightly wide. Yeah, but if she was wearing purple, she would have stored for Houston and made it 2 nothing. but unfortunately she... was wearing she... purple. Yeah. I was going to say she's wearing purple. She'd be sitting in Orlando feeling very sad right now. <laughs> so, um, no, she'd be sitting with pride. She'd be sitting with pride. Very true. Yeah, the rest of her team. Very, very the pride. Yeah. <laughs> Sky Blues and Chicago Red Stars playing in the semifinal. It did have some more excitement to it. Chicago coming out 3-2 winners in this five-goal thriller. Uh, two early goals for the Red Stars. Yeah, one by Bianca St. George in the eighth minutes beautiful outside of the boot toe poke into the bottom corner uh goal from her and then Rachel Hill in the 11th minute and after after cross from uh St. George's in from St. George's and cleared well by the Sky Blue defense did an early lead and after that uh Sky Blue FC really woke up and started taking their attack to Shadow Red Stars and storing another goal later two goals later after some layoff. Third goal, however, of the game was scored by Chicago Red Stars by former Sky Blue FC player Savannah Metastel. That put Dash and the Red Stars into the final. Houston, in their very first appearance in the knockouts, making it to the final, uh, getting two goals to finally lift the trophy. 
Yeah, first one comes early in the fifth minute. Uh, there's a foul. Chris, Christy Mewis is dragged down in the box. Uh, Sophie Schmidt takes the penalty, and she converts it. She kind of takes it straight down the middle. Um, second goal comes really late. Shea Groom finds herself one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, beats to him. To the groom. She, to the groom. Yeah. You'll do that later, Sasha, Hamilton. when you watch yeah. Hamilton. Sorry. sorry go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry go ahead, go ahead. When I finally watch Hamilton, yeah. I still haven't watched it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I would say Groom, Schmidt, Daly, they've all had a great tournament, and you know they all came up when they needed to. And, and Mewis, uh, who didn't come off injured at like the half-hour mark, unfortunately. Um, made it a little more interesting for uh, the for the shootout of our stars, uh, having Houston's best midfielder off the pitch. But... Yeah, then they're not mattering too much. Just the one, and good for Houston. I think we all, yeah. in our uh, deleted or uh, corrupted files we had from the beginning of this tournament, we all picked them to win. Correct? I, we couldn't put it out there because the, <laughs> the sound, the audio corrupted. But like we, like hand to God, all three of us picked Houston to win. And Richard Cooter's like, "No, you guys are wrong. You guys are wrong. Houston's not going to win." Right. Come on, Rachel. We'd... Well, I'm not going to make that bold claim, <laughs> but I clearly picked him last week, and so I will there take the go. credit. <laughs> um, this was actually um, this broke the viewership record from last year's, according to CBS, that 653,000 viewers as opposed to last year's final, which had 572. So CBS and NWSL accomplished what they wanted, which is like they got to be the first tournament and they got more viewership, got more exposure. And it got a cool result, too, because it was somebody who we didn't expect to win. Should mention that uh, the goal-scoring leaderboard had Shea Groom, Lynn Williams, and MVP of the tournament, Rachel Daly, tied for three goals. But um, clearly, Rachel Daly making herself much more known than our than our other two than her other two colleagues uh, throughout this tournament. Um, and... Some of you may have seen our tweet that we had invited Rachel Krieger to be on the podcast today to discuss the NWSL Challenge Cup. She turned us down and said we are far below her quality. And Which is that true. We should... Very like, true, Harsh, actually. but very true. Right. Uh, no, in reality, she needed a day off because she covers USL, MLS, and NWSL for three different outlets. And today is the one day that she got off between all of those tournaments. So we decided to... Postpone her appearance to next week. We shall discuss the NWSL and the Challenge Cup in much more detail. Process what's been going on. Some great interviews with the NWSL commissioner after the end of the tournament that we should cover in some detail when Rachel is on next week. Moving on to Major League Soccer. There was some Major League happiness for me as Frank DeBoer mutually, quote-unquote, mutually, mutually, mutually parting ways with Atlanta. I don't know. Should I be happy that he's that Atlanta are in crisis or upset that Deborah <laughs> is finally gone? Because he gave me so many happy things to be happy about. I, a little bit of both. Like, they're in so, so much turmoil that they had to fire their coach. And you didn't say, like, oh, they mutually agreed. No. Frank DeBoer was called into a Zoom meeting. They went, it's not... Us, it's you. Please leave now. And he's like, oh, "Okay, I should go." Okay. So, I, do I leave the meeting? Do you leave the meeting? Who's the host in this meeting? Oh, I'll, okay, yeah. It's very awkward. And yeah, they're a team in crisis now. They they lost one player, Joseph Martinez, which again is a which to be fair to them is a very important player. But they just capitulated, looked looked toothless in the offense, and were. Like a colander 
at the back, it was just bad all the way around. And that comes from the coach, from not preparing his team to play without their best player. I am really hoping it wasn't just the coach and that there are fundamental issues with this team that continue to manifest themselves in strange ways over the next 30 to 40 years. I would really like to see that. Uh, now, there's been some speculation about who the next coach could be. One name kicked around, Tim Cahill, which would, again, I would just please appoint a completely untested uh, new coach. I, I would love that. Um but uh, also some other speculation that it could be someone from South America, uh, a la Tata Martino uh, hire. So who knows? But uh, Sasha, you, you have some ideas of who you'd like to see in that role. I don't know if I'd like to see him, but it definitely would be on brand with Atlanta to like splash the cash and get a big name. Uh, like Jurgen Klinsmann, he's not necessarily <laughs> what I'd say quality big right now. Name. But, but but he's definitely. I mean, he, the name's famous or infamous. I mean, it is long. It. Like I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's a big name in that sense. Yeah. He's not even yeah. the biggest Jurgen. Um, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could also like maybe see Pochettino. I mean, that would take a lot of money, but no. I mean, what's stop, he doing right now? Stop it, Sasha! Stop it! <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow. I mean, Darren Eels is a Spurs guy, but like. I would hope that Pochettino would just laugh if they approached him uh, about it. Also, isn't he like super like, you know, like when when Spurs is ready, I'll be back and like, you know. Yeah. It, it was he's me, a, yeah, it he, wasn't he, Spurs. He's too mellow to go to Atlanta. You're right. He doesn't have the demeanor that'd be like super intense. I just feel like he's he's not like you know moved on you know he still has like spurred like all his clothes spurs left in his apartment are still there like there's a second toothbrush on the like sink you know and he's it's at like the locket with a picture of the of their crest just right. inside and he looks at it every night yeah right damn it Potch. it's been a year okay <laughs> like we put up with this for a little bit but you gotta move on man like seriously yeah, and the guy spurs with is right, just not into you I'm sure the guy they're with right now isn't treating them well but. You gotta, you, gotta, yeah. you gotta forget about her. All right. Exactly, man. You know, just it's it's unfollow them, block them, just get them out of your life. Do you you know back in when Reddit wasn't the complete shithole, it was just partially a shithole. About ten years ago, there used to be this meme on Reddit called um, "Leave her, delete Facebook, hit the gym," and uh, I used to always like changing it up. So I'd be like, "Delete her, leave face, uh, leave the gym, hit Facebook." Like, <laughs> now I'm just thinking about like if you could have a Nicholas Sparks novel about Tottenham, and they call it All or Nothing, with Pochettino as a romantic interest. Wait, who who wrote that movie about um, Arsenal? The the one that was remade into a terrible Red Sox movie with um, uh, Drew Barrymore and what's his uh, face? Jimmy Fallon. Right. Saw those in theaters. It was it wasn't Arsenal. I thought it was Manchester United. It was wasn't it Vinnie Jones? No, it's Arsenal. Wasn't Vinnie Jones? It's, that was like the star no. of it. You're you're thinking of a different movie. This is the one with Colin Firth as a huge Arsenal fan. He's he's a and he meets this lady and they are like together and it's in Arsenal's like I think it's like 1986 season. Or it's some huge season for Arsenal that's like legendary for their fans, and oh, yeah, that's right. the backdrop to this movie. Who wrote, uh, I forget uh, the name of it though. Nick Hornby. It's Fever Pitch. That's right. I always mix up Nicholas Sparks and Nick Hornby. So very different, <laughs> very different. Yes, very much so. Okay. Uh, 
Speaking of very different, uh, Zarek Valentine choosing to do something that I would not, taking the magic spray and a break in the LA Galaxy versus Houston group stage game and just like, you know, giving, giving, giving himself a little bit of intimate coolness, if you know what I mean. Um, I, I didn't, uh, maybe he sprained it? How? I, I don't, I don't know. Wanna, but also, you wouldn't do that? It's called magic spray. You wouldn't spray some on your, on your schwanz. Well, I I, I don't need any more magic oh, down oh, there if you know oh, what I mean. It's magic. <laughs> <laughs> I sorry. I apologize to anybody who likes pilot. I just ruined your song for you. <laughs> we need to. We uh we're really earning our explicit tag tonight, huh, guys? Um, <laughs> let's keep going to the fucking next piece of this. <laughs> <laughs> so there were a bunch of group stage games so who the hell cares because the knockout round is on and uh, first game Orlando City again managing to keep it going Kingston somehow managing to threaten the right people Mickey coming through 1-0 Orlando managing to send Montreal home Kel yeah. surprise uh, Monsieur Henry Tasha Kandale with a lone goal kind of a weak goal to give up by Clement Diop but that's all it took, really, and wasn't really surprised. This is probably the first game Orlando had that I was like, they're going to win this. Like, I was confident in saying that. And they've been very good this tournament. Um, the magic of Disney flows through them. Right, right. The magic. Maybe they're all spraying magic spray into their pants before each game. Who knows? Maybe that's the, that's the secret. You know? Uh, should mention that everyone's favorite na- favoritely named defender, Rod Fanny, the one keeping uh, Montreal's ass open for that uh, that goal there, making a huge I... mistake with the back pass to oh, Diop. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna touch that because I'm against touching Fannies. <laughs> Always ask first. Exactly. Consent is important. Uh, no, yeah, no, guys. Just like guys. Atlanta and DeBoer, you got to get a mutual consent. Dude, dudes touching butts is a Dave's I know thing. We can't, we can't get on there too. Uh, <laughs> Philadelphia Union playing the New England Revolution. This game ending one nil to the Union. Uh, Sergio Santos getting the goal in the sixty third minute, smoking, destroying, demolishing, Brandon By murdering in. Uh, he's a former hey, crow. Hold on, he's a former crow. That's oh, okay. Yeah, wordplay. He's, right, he's okay. still alive, yeah. probably. Uh, probably. Sergio Santos. I mean, Bruce Arena did seem very upset. Yeah, he might though, have so been. who knows? <laughs> yeah, but Sergio <laughs> Santos with a great goal from a tight angle, and then with an even better celebratory dance. Like, go watch it. It's it's very sexual, but very good. Bruce Arena was also and, this was uh, the Bruce Arena was sent off for abusive language after the whistle. Um, I believe the game was stopped right before New England corner, which, yeah, understandable, but also it happens. Like, come on, calm down. Chill out, Chill man. out, Bruce. Chill out. You don't see me yeah. still yelling at you about Trinidad, but we all move on. <laughs> we all move on. Oh, there's a song from... Uh... Anyway, let's move on to talking about Toronto versus New York City FC. The Crows of the... MLS managing to beat Toronto 3-1. Pigeons. Pigeons? Yeah, they're the pigeons. It's not, it's not better. It's just more accurate. What's with all these fucking birds, man? 
I mean, we're not one to talk, really. <laughs> actually not. Hey, you know what we haven't talked about, actually? MLS Charlotte's branding. We should spend the next half hour talking about that, actually. It's bad. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> All right. We'll come back to it in a little bit because we, we did get some uh, major league attention for, for that one. But anyway. Uh, okay, so this game, uh, Jesus coming in and saving the... Well, not saving, faith. scoring. Right. F- fifth minute for NYCFC. Jesus Medina getting the... Getting, the, getting, I went like all into that pronunciation there. Uh, getting the, getting the goal for NYCFC, and then Valentin Castellanos runs Omar Gonzalez with a shot in the box. It made all of us start to th- wonder how old Omar Gonzalez is, and what's the answer to that uh, question? Thirty-one. So, not as old as we thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, maybe Omar needs just a little bit of, uh, you know, Imagine spray on the recovery. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fountain of youth. Zerd Valentin is is seventy five years old. Wait, is the magic is the magic from the magic spray provided by Mickey Mouse and Disney? Is that where the magic come from? Comes from? <laughs> also, can can we can we call spraying magic spray on your dick the Zarek Valentine? Yeah, like that that that's just go Zarek yourself. Anyway. Yeah, there you go. 81st minute, Maxi Morales receives a great back heel pass with, within miles of space and uh, manages to knock it in to put the game out of reach of Toronto. Patrick Mullins, who did not get that message, managed to put in a consolation goal in the 87th minute. And Hebert hitting the crossbar. Twice. On a, yeah, on a massive break. Uh, Westberg not covering himself in glory in this not game, really. I don't think. Uh, Toronto Dorothy really like to get chipped. I've learned from watching MLS these past few years. Yeah, it really does seem like it does. It's like their guilty pleasure. As opposed to spraying magic spray on their dicks, yeah. which is, you know, we know it's their guilty pleasure <laughs> as, as, as well. Okay. Uh, SKC playing the Vancouver Whitecaps. This game ending 0 0 in regulation. SKC advancing 3 1 on penalties. Both teams taking four penalties, and uh, Whitecaps only managing to put one in. Uh, the story of this game. This score is yeah, the story of this yeah. game. Really, was Thomas Asal taking away Sasha? Oh yeah. Um, this reveals a lot both about Thomas Asal and SKC because Whitecaps, you know, they're down five players. They still couldn't get a goal, and they they're going up against this twenty-one-year-old keeper who had to come on last game. Uh, he got a clean sheet last game. He got a clean sheet this game for ninety-six minutes. He was blocking every shot. So as a clarification, this is Vancouver's yeah. third-string keeper. Yes. Uh, you, you you said Whitecaps couldn't get a goal against him. SKC couldn't get past him, and it's and he's in there because um, Brian Meredith had to go home because of a death in the family, and I forget who's their first choice uh, keeper. Maxime Capo. Yeah, who got injured. So mm-hmm. anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, exactly. So really, he was he deserved man of the match, despite the fact that Vancouver ended up losing in PKs. You know. Yeah. If your team can't get it in, in in 96 minutes and you keep every shot out. Yeah, he he, he was fantastic. And he also, he came in um, in the middle of this of the Seattle game for like a half hour left and didn't concede a goal there either. So he's the only goalkeeper, I think, who hasn't conceded a goal and then lost his back. And, and 21-year-old in the penalty shootout managing to save one. That's, I mean, yeah. that's pressure-filled environment. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Uh, one to watch uh, for the future some- for sure. 
For Canada, yeah. yeah. Something I don't ever want to watch again is Alan Polito's run-up first penalty. Maximum shithousery. He's, like, jumping, prancing, stopping, like, sipping tea, having a cigarette, and then, like, you know, finally kicking the ball, like, 30 minutes later. Like, what the hell, dude? Just fucking run and kick the damn ball. Stop, like, doing all this, like, prancing around before you kick it. I hate those stupid, like, I've, there's a name for it now. I, I don't The hop skip and also the stutter steps. Yeah, both of them are... are <sighs> buffoonery you're like you you get to fuck with the keeper and make him fall off his line and then just you know pick your spot not really fair yeah i mean i guess it works yeah it's legal yeah but that doesn't the the two aren't synonymous though right now i mean you know it's it's one of those things where you just want it's who was that guy in in the who played for italy and in that famous penalty shootout Uh, in the world cup simone zaza Zaza the, steps, the long, slow run-up. And then just stride it into ball. Rose Ed. <laughs> uh, I remember that. That was fun. Okay, well, uh, Tim Ilya, let's just note also that he saved two penalties and, and one hit the post in this uh, penalty shootout. I did not believe this next score when I saw it. San Jose Earthquakes beat RSL 5-2. Does that bode badly for Minnesota United? What happened in this game? Um... Craziness actually happened in this game. Um, two penalties for San Jose. Um, both were legit penalties by, committed by RSL. But first, uh, Chris, Christian Espinoza opened the storm for San Jose. A minute later, Douglas Martinez equalized. Literally off of kickoff. Equalized. Um, uh, for the first penalty, Tommy Thompson... Um, was taken down by Alvin Jones, which is dangerous because he's a very old uh, governor of former governor of Wisconsin and shouldn't really be playing soccer now. It's not safe. There's not enough magic spray I mean, in the world. They on should that be guy's compassionate. <laughs> right. I mean, with magic right. spray, anyone can keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After that, uh, Vato and passed to Andy Rios and Beth Devato and just. Also, defenders were traffic cones in that play. Three not three to one for San Jose now. Cryolot brings one back for um, RSL. RSL. Um, then Marcelo Silva sent out for a violent tackle. Uh, studs into the ledge of Jackson Newell. Bloomington, Bloomington's own Jackson Newell. Who I hope he remembers his true allegiance on Saturday to the state of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wando, one last came on and scored the easiest goal of his life after a ball came in and was deflected into Zach McMath and off of his knee and trickled into the goal. I don't, I don't even know if he knew anything about it. And then the next goal was the second penalty for San Jose after a handball in the box by Tyler Beckerman. Beckerman also sent off after the after the whistle for kicking the ball at referee Alan Chapman. That was like, and he wasn't like some sort of mistaken kick from across the field of the ball, like coincidentally to graze the ref's hand. No, he's like six feet from the ref and like knocks it straight into his back. So that also oops. that handball also looked pretty intentional. Like he puts it out wide, yeah. like and just fucking slams the ball down. Like he gives zero fucks, which at his age without magic spray, I can understand. So, so the ref got that on VAR with like one view, and I want to have a quick side discussion here. Are you guys unhappy with VAR and MLS? Like, is there any negative feelings about VAR that you have? No, we, in contrast to EPL, get the one thing right with VAR. Like, <laughs> EPL gets everything else that's great. They cannot figure out VAR. 
We pull off far perfectly, in my opinion. The, I, I just don't remember. The one thing that they did last game, and we'll get, I think we'll get to it if it's in the notes, but the Portland-Cincinnati game, there was a goal called off for offsides from Cincy, and they actually um, fed the conversation between the uh, head ref and the VAR official into like they fed into the audio for the TV, for the broadcast and there should be more of that so fans at home know what's behind their decision and why they're making the decision and I think that will bring more clarity for fans and made VAR a little more tolerable if they could hear what they were talking about and what they just how they come to their decisions. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that 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 not knowing and the length of time is maybe the thing that like is the most maybe uh, negative aspect of it. I just can't remember a single VAR decision that a significant VAR decision in MLS that I that like sticks in my head. Whereas, I think Aston Villa fans will for the rest of their lives have an example of one. Let's put it that way. Uh, but we'll maybe we'll discuss this a little bit more when we get to EPL. But I wanted since it came up, I thought I would ask. Uh, Sounders versus LAFC. LAFC getting this 4-1 win against Sounders. Sasha, tell us about your sadness in excruciating detail. <laughs> well, just like how Toronto... Tears! I want tears, back. damn it! Tears! Cry! Well, started, cry! Well, started when I was a boy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, LAFC clearly had their shit together. They've been scoring goals, and Sounders have been having trouble in the back with their center backs. That's where the first two goals for LAFC came off of. Like First, Ariaga in 13th minute. Fouls Rossi in the box, so they get a penalty. Rossi converts. Uh, second goal comes later in the like, 34th minute. Latif Blessing uh, crosses it in, and it deflects off Shane Neal's elbow. And like he redirects it from the direction it was going, and otherwise some Fry probably would have had it. So now they're up two. Uh, Seattle kind of really didn't take the offense until the 65th minute, where they got their first shot off uh, from Rudy Diaz. Joven Jones got across to Will Bruin in the 75th minute, and that got them their only goal. Um, but LAFC kept on dominating. Brian Ruiz intercepts a bad like pass from Gustav Svensson, and he seals it 4-1. Oh, I did miss Rossi did uh, capitalize on a poor clearance from Ariaga again uh, to make it 3-1. So, yes. I am sad, but I'm also happy that they're the fuck out of Orlando. So. <laughs> All right. This was a rematch right. of the uh, Western Conference Finals from last year, and that game clearly still in the memories of LAFC. Let's move on to a segment that we call Some Might Say. In this segment, we talk about Minnesota United FC and find a few things we might want to say about them. First, let's go back in time. Yep. Uh, to, to last Wednesday when they played the Rapids and this game ended 2-2. I, 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 we were on a stream together, Caleb. I think all of us were just kind of like, ugh, like through the whole game. I don't think we were... I mean, it, it didn't feel like a goal or a game where we scored twice, I feel like. I think there was like 20 minutes in there where it was like, oh, okay, everything's going to be fine. That's after Ethan's second goal of the game. And then obviously before the equalizer by Jonathan Lewis... Um, but it looked a little disorganized during that game. A little kind of the midfield really wasn't cohesive, and you can see that in the first goal when Ozzy got caught out, and I think fouled, but it wasn't called, so whatever. And then 
Rapids had a three-on-two breakaway between against Aha and Botsal with our fullbacks pressed way too far forward. And I think that was remedied for the game against Columbus. But, yeah, it's just the game like, we should probably win this, but it's also Colorado, and we don't play them well ever. So, And it was a game which we didn't necessarily need to, like, in all like we didn't want to lose that game but it didn't matter if we won or tied right. because we knew we were going to the knockouts we did get ourselves what at the time was considered to be an inauspicious draw by getting the tie uh which was playing columbus who looked like the stronger team which is why there's a persecution complex at the end of yesterday's game uh, in that everyone was like well everyone predicted columbus were gonna go through and hated on us and you know I, I want to talk about that whole attitude because I I felt like it put a damper on my happiness a little bit. Again, after this game, to be like, no one believed in us. And it's like, do we really need that? Do we? But let, let's do that on like the in-depth episode because I feel like if we spent 10 minutes talking about it on the main episode, we can get sidetracked a little bit. So uh, for our Patreon folks who are at the $5 tier above, you can go and listen to, listen to that discussion uh, in some detail. But uh, let's move on to now to talking about Crew versus Minnesota United last night's game. This game ending one-one. We advanced on penalties five-three. Holy shit! Those penalties. I was fucking losing my um, fucking mind. I couldn't watch the screen, bro. Yeah, I was pacing so much. As far as I didn't like create a divot in my uh, basement. But yeah, I I was on. I was on the, the Dark Clouds virtual watch party, which those of you who are listening, if you haven't been to one, you should go there. Caleb and I are occasionally on those. We had the situation where Jack, who was one of our streamers, was 15 seconds ahead of all the rest <laughs> of us. And Megan was the behind uh, the mid- the pack by about five seconds. So Jack had to like hold his tongue for about 25 seconds. And we had to wait till Megan reacted to whatever happened on the screen of the shootout until we all could, like, celebrate or whatever because we didn't <laughs> want there to be any spoilers. And it was hard, man. You see something on the screen, you're just like... I'm just glad it was all positive stuff for us because I don't know if I could have kept my mouth shut if we, like, skied the ball or something, you know. But uh, that did not happen. Yeah. That did not happen. All five um. uh, Minnesota players scored. It was Ozzy, then Jan, then... Uh, Schoenfeld, then Raheem, and then Chase. I think a lot of people say their though their favorite moment was Chase making it. I think Chase, when I was like trying to figure out who was going to be taking him, he was not the name that came to mind. I thought like our fifth man was going to be Ozzy. So the fact that he, he came on and fucking took it with confidence and put that away, like it was so yeah, it was such a glorious I, moment. I thought it was going to um, be Ethan, honestly, because he's taken them before in games. But what do I know? It worked, yeah. so does it really matter? Who's going to take it? They all yeah. I mean, yeah. it says something about Chase's mentality that he's willing to do that. And I think Ethan was also a little gassed by the end. Yeah. He so. he put one hell of a shift in. Ethan Finley fin- yeah. was all over the pitch. Just fantastic. And uh, once Chase put it in, the first two players to celebrate with him were Mason and Hassani. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, but credit to Tyler Miller as well. He had a fantastic game. Um, saved two penalties in this game. One during the game and then one during the shootout and really I think this was his best game for Minnesota it's a small sample size I know but he had some fantastic saves was really well positioned and his distribution was also very good he also had that like magical play in like the 80th 86th minute or something where he gets the ball and 
It's like Chris Caden's coming onto him. He does the cr- inward Cruyff, and then Adi is coming up from behind him. He does a turn spin on him and just passes it forward. It was so beautiful. Like I don't know where he That's learned Chase, that if right? it was in Maryland or California, but that kid's got tech. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was Chase. Chase. Yeah, he'll do that every once in a while. He's actually, he has that little Brazilian in him to just like, that little that yeah, flair. Um, we, uh, we should give some credit to Robin Lude, who did store and has gotten grief from, at least at some point, every single one of us on this podcast. Um, I mean, highest compensated Minnesota United player at this point, and one who at least visibly doesn't have like massive impacts on the games until he does something like this, where he's the guy who scores. It's happened before. Yeah, and to be fair to Chase, or Chase, uh, Robin, um, he has two goals in six games so far this season. Um, if you remember back to the San Jose game, the first one of the season he scored. For a winger over yeah. 34 games to get, I'd say he keeps that pace up, 11 goals as a winger, that's pretty good. That's yeah. as much as Darwin had last year, I think. And he was our leading scorer. And so I, Robin Lurd is the new Darwin Quintero. You heard it here first, folks. Yep, exactly what I said. Not taking my point wasn't taken wrongly <laughs> at all. Um, the, but that brings us to our first question I, from the from Patreon from Mike D, who may or may not be the Mike D from Beastie Boys. Who knows? Uh, Lude scored yes, but he looked to be his old self the rest of the game. What will it take for him to get benched? And I do have a little bit of. He wasn't his old self. Because he wasn't completely ineffective after that. He had a couple of crosses, and there was that one, it was in the second half, he linked up with Ethan Finley well. Ethan, I think, Jan and him like, had a nice triangle going into the box, and the final pass from Lude to uh, Amaria was cut out by a defender, and that would have been an easy goal for Amaria. And he had a, yeah, so he, definitely, he, he, yeah. he picked it up himself up this this past game, and I wanted to see him continue that vein going forward. But altogether, for what he's making, he should be more effective. Also, in contrast to Edwards, because now we've gotten to see a little more of Edwards play throughout this tournament, you see the speed on this kid and how his play, playmaking potential. He's, he kind of can be like a train and unstoppable, and you don't get you don't use those words to describe Luke. You kind of <laughs> use them to describe like. Lucky man in the box, or as they call him, the fox in the box. Edwards, you know, I kind of want to see more of him instead of yeah, especially. And, and to, uh, to, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I just I saw something that I need to comment on for a second. Um, number one, nothing's gonna happen unless you tick off Adrian Heath. Like you're not gonna if if you're one of his guys, you've got a spot in the starting lineup. We know this. This is this is how it works, and so unless he like tweets something stupid at Harrison Heath he's not gonna like get get dropped you know um so but uh, there's something else that just happened on Twitter I'll keep it for our Patreon uh Patreon thing because otherwise I, I think I might go off so okay. but, uh, uh just I would agree with Sasha that I would like to see Raheem with Chase um just to kind of make both sides of the formation equal because Roman and Ethan are very forward thinking fast players who are attacked minded. That's exactly what I was you, thinking. Instead, yeah. you take more attention off of them with Raheem and Chase on the one side because they're going to both be doing the same yeah. thing, maybe to a lesser extent because Chase is not as good at crossing and Raheem might have the finishing that Ethan does, but it's still going to be effective, open up more space for Amaria and Gray Juice and Molino slash Dotson in the middle. 
but what do I know? Uh, I that's exactly where my thinking is because you like you contrast the two sides and the pairs. It is you know Finley and Metnair. I do want to say Jacory Hayes and Harrison also got some playing time, got subbed in on this game. I enjoyed what I saw from both yeah. of them. Uh, Jacory Hayes kind of like he looks like a nimble dude who kind of like can fuck with somebody's defense, <laughs> and that excites me. I, I want that on the Scouting <laughs> Report. Can fuck with can fuck with the defense. Um, I want to I want to ask a question about Jose Aha, which is you know he was he was the one whose high boot studs up was the reason that the penalty got called. What do y'all think about his performance in this game? Because he also gave Lerd the assist on the goal. Uh, one blemish on an otherwise fantastic game from AHA, I think. Great. Uh, a few Great. minutes earlier, he uh, completely blocked an attempt by Jesse Zardes, kind of shut him down. Really, the whole entire defense did their bit, but one weak link can break everything for a defense, and AHA probably is that weak link in our, in our defense. He was very solid until that brain fart. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's keep moving and talking about MLS. It, we, we had one more. We do have one more question. But okay, we, yeah, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Go from, ahead. Let's, let's... From Chris. We saw a 4-3 last night that seemed to continue to struggle and attack. Finley and Romain are just about the only starters consistently trading chances. And Jan and Sepp pieces. Is it, the, is it just the Amaria injury? Also, side question. Can we get a thirst-ridden pixel-by-pixel breakdown of the Team in Towels tweet? That would be cool, too. Um, actually, this is a family show, Chris, so we cannot talk about that that image. <laughs> even the Senate was explicit like 10 minutes ago. Even though, <laughs> even though you definitely couldn't see uh, the the target of Luis Amaria's magic magic spray clear as day through the through the towel. I just want to point out that currently in the USL, uh, Atlanta United two just scored a goal. Player took his shirt off and got sent off for a second yellow. <laughs> <laughs> so rot runs deep notch. Uh, <laughs> I just hope so. Uh, to-, to address the four three three question. I kind of say like we're kind of working into it. We didn't have Molino in that center spot for this game. It was Dotson. I don't think we fully developed the chemistry of having the, like the lines from the back to Dotson to Amaria. They're not all in sync like we do, like we have out in the wings with Chase and Metnair and Finley. And so I think that's potential. I don't think we should be worried. Yeah, and it could be the injury. Groin injuries are notoriously hard to rehab because you, anything can aggravate, re-aggravate them. And also for the 4-3-3, I think that's how we wanted to set up against Columbus. Dotson's really main goal was to neutralize Nadvi, which he did for 65 minutes as he was when he was in there. Um, most of Nadvi's passes were to the side or backwards, which is what you want um, as a as Minnesota. So I think it was how we wanted to set up against that team who were strong in the midfield. Uh, San Jose has a similar player, Jackson Newell, previously mentioned Minnesota native, who I hope remembers his allegiances. Um, is is a player in the Nadby type can do the same thing she does, just not as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that again for another sixty-five minutes, and maybe Molino coming in if we if we need a goal or Jatori coming in to, as Sasha says, fuck up a defense. <laughs> Family show. Family show. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's move the fuck on, huh? Um, <laughs> you fucking assholes. Uh, let's let's talk about Cincinnati. 
uh, playing uh, the Portland Timbers in the in the final knockout game before we record. Uh, this game ending 1-1, Timbers advancing 5-3 on penalties. Who the hell expected Cincinnati to be here? But they beat Atlanta. They beat the Red Bulls 2-0. Yeah. I did not expect that shit. Yeah, they earned it. I think, yeah, Yapstam must be making that team, like, drink magic spray. Because, like, <laughs> how the fuck have you gotten these results? Honestly, at, at half, it was still nil-nil. Uh, I looked over and I'm like... Really, Portland? Like, I, I hate that team, but I didn't expect them to be nil-nil in Cincinnati at half. Um, yeah, the, the the funniest moment in this game came in the 61st minute when Cincinnati scored, and they had this ridiculous celebration where the goal scorer sat down and started, like, doing a driving gesture, and all the players lined up behind him in a line driving, and then the goal gets called off. Yeah. Like, when you do a celebration like that, make sure it's not a close call, okay? Right, yeah. Because otherwise, you just look like... Complete morons. Not as much as a moron as that Atlanta United 2 player who got sent off just now, but pretty big morons nonetheless. It turns out uh, uh, plane took off too early because he was offside. Right. Uh, Niesgoda gets a cross and puts it in point blank. Steve Clark then has a howler, takes a ball at his feet, which he should have really picked up. And then as uh, Alan Cruz from Cincinnati runs over, uh, Clark lunges at the ball, which has bounced off his feet feet about two feet and he's like trying to grab it but instead manages to knock Alan Cruz over in the box which is then called a penalty Jurgen Lacadia scores the penalty to equalize sending the teams two penalties and and then hilariously he is one of the people who does not score yeah, Lacadia goes the same way as his penalty even though Steve Clark almost saved his first one and he does it much worse than the first time and has it saved and then Kendall Waston skies it over the bar to send Portland on to the knockouts to the quarterfinals. Yeah, pretty pretty incredible from uh, FC Cincinnati uh, to to end up at that place. Yep. And uh, more incredible for the Timbers to end up going through. No. Or or do you think they deserved? No, they, it? I think they deserved it. I think they're the better team on the night. Um, had a lot of chances okay. in the in the first half, but after you, you, n- Steve Clark made that poor, after Steve Clark gave up the penalty, he was shaking. The defense was shaky, so. Whatever. But but no sympathy for the Cinderella. No, absolutely not. Cincinnati story. No, we're the Cinderella story. Cinderella. We're underrated. <laughs> no one likes us. <laughs> damn it. All right, let's go on a break and record that extra segment, huh? So we're going to take a break here. We'll be back with some small bits from the lower leagues, mostly bad news about COVID, and then talking a little bit about stuff from Europe. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. We're here to discuss some other things besides the two top divisions. Uh... Let's first move into a segment that we call Friends in Low Places. In, low in this segment, it's time to check in with our friends in low places, the U.S. lower leagues. Once again, USL in a very complicated format, so go check their tables for the standings. Uh, unfortunately, this, the news that we have is some pretty shocking stuff about uh, COVID and that, and that league. Uh, Nipple Chopra, who was on this podcast a couple of weeks ago to talk about uh, how the lower leagues have responded to COVID, tweeting out a scoop that um, he had heard that three to four 
players on the Greenville roster had tested positive for COVID-19 after playing Richmond. Richmond then played Tormenta three days later without any tests on their players. This was done because the league used video video, to establish that no Richmond players were within six feet of any infected players for more than 15 minutes. Now, this is a CDC guideline that says you that... The infection, that the, the the exposure concern is six six feet or within six feet for more than fifteen minutes. However, as Nippon pointed out on Twitter, there's a whole bunch of exceptions and there's an appendix explaining some other stuff. Um, and I I I don't know if the CDC was thinking about physical activity and breathing heavily as soccer players are wont to do over the summer when they were coming up with these guidelines. The league, USL, and the players' association agreed that testing would be mandatory once a week and that additional tests as needed would be done. However, apparently, because of this video evidence, no tests were needed. I just, I mean, am I crazy or would you guys be willing to go and, like, say your manager was like, okay, I need you to go and do this physical activity with a colleague. Just know that the colleague was, like, also doing a physical activity with this other guy who then came down with COVID three days ago. And, you know, I, I looked at the video and they weren't in contact within six feet for 15 minutes. So you're just fine. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. No mask needed. You'll be okay. Like, would you guys do that? I wouldn't want to do it. I Yeah. I think in our society, we've downplayed things and we treat people who try, actually are vigilant about this as alarmists, but they're being safe. So if I were to speak out and be like, no, I don't think that's that's right. I don't want to do that. I don't think that would be the wrong thing to do. But I think it would be the reaction to it would be like, why are you making such a big deal? Yeah, I agree with Sasha. I, yeah, I mean, I, I will say that I think I have been taking maybe uh, – more precautions sometimes it feels like than even some folks that I've had to interact with that are that are family and um so maybe I I'm a little bit more sensitive to this than a lot of other people are but it's just it's it's wild to me that a professional soccer league is allowing players who are exposed to infected people to go on the pitch with other players like it's just I mean just all I'm gonna say is if one player gets infected and something bad happens after this that's the end of it like it's I mean, from a PR standpoint, just if I was a marketer, I'd be screaming at the management being like, what are you doing? Postpone this game. This could blow up in all our faces. And since the restart of uh, USL on July 11th, seven games have been postponed. Um, Major League Baseball had positive tests and had to postpone games. Yeah. You know, if the MLB can't do it outside of a bubble. With, uh, It's exponentially more resources than the USL has. And they can't do it 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 we i I gave it a lot of shit when the uh, when the ideas were first announced but the bubble is the way to go for these leagues it it really is and and even the bubble is not a perfect solution but it seems to be the one that works the best and so you know we're in in a sea of imperfect solutions um and and speaking specifically about imperfect solutions we should talk a little bit about union omaha who have their uh opener and we played at a stadium with 75% capacity, 2,400 fans in attendance, masks recommended but not required, and groups of up to eight can sit together. 
like Nippon again, the one source of this information. Hard pass. Uh, yeah, Nebraska has something like an 8.5% positivity rate in their testing. This is nuts. Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, but we don't need hindsight to say this right now. That's insane. <laughs> like, insane. This but, is a bad idea. I'm not from the future. But, you know, I'm just, you know. People are like, smart. well, we, you know. Yeah. yeah it's. I, I just hope MLS doesn't put people in the position of having to decide whether to go to the stadiums. I, I really I really hope. Because we've seen time and time again, Sasha, you were saying this, people aren't making the right decisions. Like they are putting their short-term happiness over their long-term benefit. That is a human thing. That, that There's like behavioral economics has established that this is something that is like, a guy won a Nobel Prize partially on, on work proving this cognitive bias exists. That humans overvalue short-term uh, gains versus even larger gains over the long term. So I hope MLS is smart enough not to do that, and uh, we, we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's also mention that Chris Bills said, tweeted that uh, sources have confirmed that two more Austin Bowl FC players tested positive for COVID-19 late last week, bringing the total to five within the team this month. As of Tuesday, the match with San Antonio FC is is on for Saturday. This was, of course, tweeted yesterday i haven't kept up to see that match was uh postponed but i mean again this is a team in texas like we all knew this was going to happen uh dr burks going on tv and calling texas florida and arizona uh three new yorks you know new york being the the massive hotspot of infections this spring and now we've got three of them and massive numbers of teams from from texas and florida you know you got two in mls from each state so if, if we go back after the, the MLS's back tournament is done to playing and flying around. Um, anyway, I think we can go on and on about this, but I'm, I'm sorry, guys, to drag us in that direction. I apologize. Uh, let's move on to a segment that we call the ludicrous display. Hooray, he's kicked the ball. Now the ball's over there. The thing about the Premier League is that they always try to walk it in. And in this segment, Caleb is going to take three minutes, he promised, Hooray. to cover... News from the United Kingdom, and I am setting a timer because I'm just that kind of guy. Do you want me to start whenever? Or? Yeah, you can. You can. Okay. It's okay. I'll give you a few bonus seconds. Okay. Uh, so first off, starting the championship, the setting the vision of England football. Uh, crazy day in the final day. Leeds had already won promotion, won the championship. Uh, West Bromwich Albion had to win their last game to date automatic promotion. They drew. Brentford had to win to jump them. They also drew. So West Brom goes up automatically. At the bottom of the playoffs, Nottingham Forest were in the last playoff spot, had a five, uh, had a dual, uh, positive differential of five over their next place, Swansea, above them by three points. They lost four to one. Swansea won four to one. They jumped Nottingham Forest into the last playoff spot. Swansea also knocked out today by Brentford in the playoff semifinals. Uh, Widden, Barnsley, and Hull were relegated after Luton Town pulled off the greatest tape, jumping two of the teams. Uh, thanks to two long goals by Blackburn and a 3-2 win against Blackburn. Uh, Premier League had ended also uh, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, and Chelsea in the Champions League. Leicester City, Wolves, and Tottenham in the Europa League. Relegated Norwich City, Bournemouth, and Watford thanks to a draw by Aston Villa against West Ham. 1-1. Norwich also signed the USMNT hopeful Sebastian Soto. Uh... The one point given by uh, Sheffield United, but to Aston Villa by Sheffield United, uh, where the ball was carried across the line we mentioned earlier in the podcast um, by Aston Villa goalkeeper Nyland. 
not given, still a draw, guarantees they stay up, sends on Bournemouth. One minute and 27 seconds. Well done. Shit. I, I, oh, I, so I understand time. myself. Um, actually, Liverpool's great, yeah. and I want to talk to them. Oh, never mind. Said, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, that that uh, final day in the championship was fant- was absolutely fantastic. I had the minute by minute up on the Guardian, and usually they do one person per game. Instead, it was one person doing the entire league, and it was just madness. <laughs> I sh- should also mention that the Scottish Premiership relegations were upheld, which is important because uh, that league restarts this weekend. Who knew? How long do we have until the Premier League is back? Uh, September twelfth. All right. Also, there were like rumors that Bournemouth would sue because of the whole Hawkeye incident with Nyland carrying the ball over the line, giving them a Aston Villa points and the counting a lot. And Barry Glendening of the Football Weekly podcast had a great response to that. Like, if I was a judge, I would just show Bournemouth their play during the season. Like, no, you should go down. <laughs> That would be like a really enjoyable court case to be a jury person in, you know, just watch a bunch of soccer. Yeah. No, no, see, like, no, no, see yeah, your shit. You have to watch a whole bunch of bad yeah. soccer. I mean, as if you're not a Bournemouth fan, it might be, you know, you know, if they're, you're their rivals fan or something, like that might be fun, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, soccer from the rest of the world in a segment we call the Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world we haven't talked about already. And yeah. uh, La Liga news yeah uh real madrid's mariano diaz uh tested positive for covid so the whole team some didn't have let them go home for a week and be on vacation uh he got tested he got pos- he came back positive and he is now in isolation this is ahead of their champions league game against manchester city um i don't think it's the biggest blow to them but it does raise concerns like who else potentially could have been exposed and just hasn't tested positive yet? I'm not sure. Speaking of Champions League, that league will now be broadcast on CBS All Access. So you already have a subscription for NWSL. Keep it going for a little while longer. Keep watching Star Trek. Good for you. Let's also mention that in Italy, Juventus were crowned champions for the ninth season straight. We, of course, do not cover Italian soccer thanks to their poor response to racism over the years. However, I thought it was important to note that because Maurizio Sarri, the the coach of Juventus, until the age of 41, was a foreign exchange trader as a bank. He quit to become an amateur soccer team coach for love of the game. He wasn't being paid very much. And now at the age of 60-something, he is champ- he's won a freaking championship his, in one of the top leagues in his Europe. His second trophy ever. His, la- his first one was last year with Chelsea when they won the Europa League. So... There's a great video of him. I mean, does that count, really speaking? To him, it know? does. There's a great video of him just ho- holding his medal, and he can't stop, like, smiling and looking at it, looking up, and, like, looking at, at the medal, looking up again. And he's Actually, he he's was great. he was just looking down at his at an empty pack of cigarettes, wondering why he didn't have one left <laughs> for that moment. That yeah. was heavy smoker, but great coach. Yeah. Quick reminder, speaking of Syria, if you pay us a thousand euros, Notch will say something good about Atalanta. they are actually my choice for 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 for, they're the ones i hope win the champions league because you didn't get the money yet notch it hasn't come through (laughs) a small uh, a small team like that from bergamo we had a listener justin write in about some of this stuff he's uh nominally hoping bashek shikshir uh from turkey 
uh, do well. I believe they're in the Europa League, correct? Yes. But but yeah. So um, I I am hoping that uh, Atalanta do well because it'd be nice to give Frank de Boer something. No, not not Frank de Boer. Uh, to give a small team like that something, some massive Champions League silverware, which never happens these days. Nowadays, it's like Barcelona, Liverpool, and uh, Real Madrid. I mean, Liverpool. Okay, fine. You guys hadn't had it for a Thank little while, you. so I won't complain too much. But, but Juventus, Bayern Munich, and Real Madrid, come on, like... Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the kind of thing where you're like, maybe Charlie Stiltaner does have a point, and then you're like, not today, Satan. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay, uh, with that, it is time for us to tell the good people where they can find us on Twitter. You can find me at PickupLine, that's L-I-O-N. And I'm at Olson 716 Special thanks to Tectonics. This of their song Lustless as our theme music. Check them out on Facebook, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, and YouTube, probably. Caleb also tweets from at two United fans with me. That's TW United fans, two of us, bringing you some uh, hot memes, hot takes, some random complaining every now and then. Also, and you can find me at. You can find me at Lockstock Spock. I was thinking oh, about to thank our patrons, especially our league commissioner tier patron, Eric Olson, who loves to listen to his two sons on this on this uh, two United sons. podcast. Right, two United sons. That's we're rebranding soon. Uh, and uh, yeah, so thank you and thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the podcast. We are in your debt. All right, everybody, we shall return after seven days. Take it easy, everyone. Bye, Dad. I need money for the internet.